400 from the Cincinnati Bearcats. Are you treating everyone in Fort Wayne, Indiana tonight on a remote broadcast? Bearcats get it done. Final score, 71-60. So much to get into. But just your opening thought on a game that at halftime, it looked like Cincinnati was clearly the inferior team. Second half adjustments. Jizzle James comes into the game. Aziz Bandega looks great. And Cincinnati looked like the clear better team. With Sean Farnham ending the game saying... Cincinnati's a problem, folks. Cincinnati's a problem. How do we do? Cincinnati's a problem. Okay, I don't want to like get over my skis here, but championship? Championship? That's what we're talking about here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The plus 400 money line. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I mean, we, we're going to get into it, but I almost feel like Wes tried to lose that game for us with the, the substitution pattern. We, we're playing Day-Day Thomas. Love Day-Day. We interviewed him, Chuck. We love Day Day. He's a yeah, under no we circumstance. Had him on the show. He's a friend of the program. Under he's a friend of the program. Under no circumstance after we watched the game is Jizzle James not ending that game. He didn't play the last ten minutes of the game. I, I don't I can't comprehend how that happened. Uh, but end of the day we gotta win. West's biggest win. Um, things are back on track, really, at the end of the day, right? Oh, things are beyond back on track. This is the type of win. That's that's over the Kempom number two team in the country at last check. They may have dropped a three. Uh, they may have dropped a four. But top five team in the net rankings in Kempom, whatever the hell you want to call it in 2024, that's a damn good win that you pick up on the road. Quad one, Wes Miller gets, I think, the third quad one win of his Bearcats career. All of a sudden, you take care of business, this is an NCAA tournament team. It changes that quickly. And maybe we just saw self-destruction from BYU after Nell somehow went out of the game for like eight minutes and it just completely shifted what that game was. But, man, that, that's that's a win. You, you, you counteract that with Texas, and it's 100% a team that's in the top 25. No, I mean, Chuck, I mean, welcome to the Big 12, right? Welcome to the Big 12. We, we win our first game. We're the team to beat in the Big 12. I think we all know this. I mean, at the end of the day, we looked like absolute shit in the first half, right? I mean, I was sitting with a couple, you know, Fort Wayne superstars, and they're telling me we're losing by 30. And I kind of thought the same thing, right? West, made, West did make adjustments. The offense started flowing a little bit in the second half especially. Aziz, if he didn't play, we don't win the game. We don't rebound. And the rebounding was, was incredible. So, I mean, it's <laughs> – Dude, do you have voices over your shoulder? Yeah. Is, yeah. This, is this a live show? I you got, can pan it and show the little crowd. I mean, that's what YouTube is. This isn't a uh, this is a broadcast with, uh, on CBS, Houdini. You can. I'm pan with it like four diehard Cats fans just in my ear, keep telling me things to say. I'm I'm a yeah I'm a robot for the chatterbox. I'm just hearing points and I'm just saying them right now. So King is right. Tyler King is right. The rebounding I'm was incredible, but Victor Lockin looked great. Aziz looked incredible. Um, and Jizzle James was the best player on the floor for stretches of the game, which why he didn't play at the end of the game, I, I can't still figure it out, but at, we won the game and, uh, we beat BYU number 12 team on the road, number two in Ken Palm, number two in net. You could, they're going to be a tournament team. No doubt. We're in good shape, Chuck. 
This is the type of game that is a turning point in the West Miller era. And please tell all the Bearcats fans behind you to shut the hell up. This is theater. We're trying to do our thing. Shut the hell up! Bearcats get their first win. A plus 400 on the money line. West Miller gets that game that he's been desperately looking for since Illinois, where... He outcoached Pope down the stretch. I, I thought he looked brilliant. Um, aside from one thing, Jizzle James. We'll get to that in just a moment. But this is the type of win that, that maybe has you believe in the Bearcats have turned a corner. I felt this way as a junior in high school when the Bearcats went into Georgetown and beat a team with Greg Monroe. The entire game, it was like, how are we beating this team? They have Greg Monroe. They're, they're loaded throughout. How the hell is this Cincinnati team winning? Mick pulls it off, and from there... It was greener grass ahead. This feels like it could be that win. Wes found a way to get it done. We'll talk about the lineups as a whole, but, I mean, let's give the man his flowers. They didn't look good in the first half. Whatever they did in the second half worked because BYU looked atrocious. BYU did not look great. They did not look great at all. But at the end of the day, I mean, they averaged 90 a game. I think, what, we give up 70? 60. 60? 60, 60 baby. BYU, 30 below their average. Up, they're putting up 90 a game, and uh, I think you're right. West deserves his flowers. He figured out how to actually make an offense flow, which when you're watching in that first half, you're just so frustrated. We could have easily been down like 25 to 6 to start that game, right? And we somehow figured it out. Odia Guama coming in and within the three-minute mark. Listen, we Chuck, me and you both love Odie. He shouldn't be playing within five minutes of the game against BYU on the road. It just shouldn't happen, right? And uh, so I'm a little questionable about Wes's rotations, but we won the game. So, uh, you know, not not too many complaints. Uh, quad one win. This is the best win they've had since Illinois, I think, right? Yeah, and Wes did a good job settling them down. They were clearly flustered in the first half. BYU throws the the press at them one possession. They They just started chucking it away. Um, and here's where the cats settled down on my Twitter. You can go back and look at it at Charlie Walter TV. I was saying, get day day Thomas out of the game and it'll be a different story. That is the difference right now in commanding an offense. Uh, Jizzle comes in, hits some big shots. I mean, the dude's fearless. Like there was one point in the game where day day was dribbling the ball up the floor and about three feet before he crossed the timeline, he threw it to CMOS to start running the offense and it, you know, hits a popcorn vendor. And that's the second time of the game he hit one of those unlucky vendors because he did it earlier in the game when he got trapped and fired it away. You know what Jizzle does? He's poised, takes it to the bucket, looks for a shot at all time, hits the step back, finishes, you know, tough baskets um, with two defenders around him, which no other player on the Bearcats can do. Uh, we are the worst layup, I'd say worst team shooting within five feet and defenders on them of all time. The worst Bearcats team I've ever seen in that regard, or at least they were through the first 12 and a half games. But um, they, they picked it up in the second half for sure. But Day-Day was 0 of 7, had six turnovers. Jizzle James came in and had the 12 points. It's time to, to crown our starting point guard, right? It's time to shore out these rotations. You talked about Odie, how he checked in five minutes into the game. We never saw Odie again. Jizzle checks in. Day-Day, all of a sudden, after Jizzle has the big run, he gives him the spell. Then we see way too much of Day-Day. He's still turning it over. At a certain point, let's, let's call out what we see. And if any Bearcat fans have an issue with this statement, state it on the chat. But I think this is universal. I think this is collective. I think this is in harmony. Fucking play Jizzle James! But he was the best player on the court for multiple stretches. 
And the fact that we're sitting there and sitting him down in the most crucial moments of the game, thank God we won that game. If we don't win that game, I mean, we're up in arms, right, against Wes Miller. And I love Wes. But there's nothing that makes sense. If you watch that game, Just you don't have to know anything about basketball. Jizzle James is the guy that needs the basketball. Our offense was stagnant, to say the least, without him. And in Day-Day, we love Day-Day, but he wasn't getting the job done. He was – Right when he came in, he did, what, three turnovers in a row? And and we, he stuck with them. You know, it, it's it's tough to watch, but I'm going to keep repeating myself. We ended up winning the game. We beat BYU by 11 on the road. Ken Palm is furious. I'll tell you that right now. He's furious because we just we – just, I would love to see what we jumped to in the, in the Ken Palm ratings after this. But we got Texas on Tuesday, so – We'll see. Are you in an Uber right now, heading to downtown Fort Wayne? I will not confirm nor deny that. I, I see some lights moving in the background. You went from walking through a tunnel with a bunch of people around you. So here's what happened, folks. There were a bunch of people around him because Houdini was waiting for his Uber. Uh, the Uber arrived, and he's now going to take about five shots of Rumpelmans. So we don't have much time to break down the Bearcats because uh, what, what's the ETA, Houdini? Just give it to me so I know when we have to get out. So I think BYU's campus is probably, what, it's a 23-hour Uber. So I'll probably be there by, what, Monday morning. So Provo, we got baby. Houdini's we'll going to be breaking all the rules in Provo tonight. Dude, I cannot believe what just happened. I mean, that's BYU. That's a really good home team. Um, incredible atmosphere. I mean, thank God we're not dealing with East Carolina and Tulane and Tulsa anymore where there's 19 people there and half of them are reading a book. I mean, that was electric. That student section was awfully high up. Uh, free throws were intimidating. The Cats knocked down free throws in this one. Final number for Cincinnati. Uh, Lukosius really starting it off, hitting his first four. Cats were 19-24 for 79%. Uh, thank God for that. Cincinnati as a whole was 42% shooting, a 40% from three, which is insane to think about. They started the game one for 11, and for most of the first half, they were shooting about 20% in this game. But I can't believe it, man. We said this was going to be a measuring stick game. We said Wes was going to have a verdict on him very quickly of whether he could be the guy moving forward. I know it's like the delirium at Kings Island. We go one way, we go the other, we get the information, we process it in real time, and the information we saw tonight is that Wes Miller had those guys believing in the second half, and despite some of the weird lineup switches at times, they not only got it done, they kicked BYU's ass. If anyone hit the adjusted line out there, you could be moving into beachfront property tomorrow in Naples. I mean, serious, that was a plus 400 spread. Plus 400. I got him with the 10 and the money line. We didn't see much of Jameel Reynolds. That was something that I was potentially looking forward to, seeing if Jameel Reynolds was uh, going to be a mainstay in the lineups this season. I just don't know at this point how you, how you figure out these. I mean, Aziz is clearly when he's on and when he can defend – certain teams that aren't as physical. And I didn't think BYU is the most physical team in the world. Had great IQ, great shooting, really good passing team. Physicality-wise, that's the perfect game for Aziz to be down low and to just put his arms up in the air and force bad shots from um, from the opposition, which which happened from BYU a bit. And, and quite frankly, the turnover. Cincinnati was all over the place with their smothering defense. But Lockin's a must at this point. He has been the, the biggest constant on this team. And then I would say Aziz is your second guy. I think Jameel has the potential to be good, but I just don't know how they're going to incorporate him. 
because you throw him in there for four minutes a half, three minutes a half or whatever, he, he's, he's not going to get his sea legs under him. And especially when Odie's getting minutes too and Josh Reed, I, I mean, they got to figure out these lineups. At some point, we know Newman, he's a mainstay. Uh, he's all over the place. Even when he's shooting bad, he's at least giving you something defensively and hustling. Dan Skillings, I feel like he's 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 receiving the minutes he deserves right now. You know, you you play him in a half. If he uh, if he's not playing well, he's turning it over. He's taking bad shots like he was with some of his runners in the first half. You get him out of there, and then you see what he's made of in the second half. And if he starts knocking down a few threes like he did in the second half, then he's really dangerous. And you can kind of pick your poison there. CMOS is a mainstay. Makes smart decisions. Doesn't force things. I think he's been better defensively than I originally thought he was going to be. And then I think Jizzle James is a mainstay in your lineup. He's got to be getting 30-plus minutes a game. And it's been more 18 to 22. He's got to take Day-Day Thomas's minutes, folks. I love Day-Day. I get it. He was one of the best Juco players in the country. This, this is the big, Skippy. This is no Juco anymore. I mean, you, you saw the numbers. 0 of 7, 0 of 6, 7 turnovers, whatever it was, 2 points. Jizzle's your guy. And that's not a jab at Day-Day. Jizzle is just your guy. I think he's as talented as anyone on this team. Looks for his shots, can create his own shot, is all over the place defensively, made the right passes today. Zero turnovers in his minutes, may I add you. Um, let's take a look around the Big 12. Big day in the Big 12. The biggest game, unfortunately, proved to us all that we're very old. The TCU Horn Frogs have a player on their team that's actually a senior. I, I, I figured he was like a sophomore or something. No, he's a senior. Jameer Nelson Jr., the son of that Jameer Nelson, who is only 41 years of old, so 41 years of age. So we are, at, in fact, not that old. But um, he played well today. He played well. Unfortunately, Hunter Dickinson played better. 30 points, 11 rebounds for him as Kansas takes down TCU. 83-81. Kansas is the number two team in the country. They win their first Big 12 game of the season. Let's go around the Big 12. Uh, Houston, we have no problems. West Virginia has the problem, and their problem is they stink. No huggy bear, a lot of problems. They lose 89-55 to Houston. 89-55 to Houston in the Cougars' debut game. Oklahoma, who's number 11 in the country, protects their home floor. They beat Iowa State 71-63. Baylor wins in overtime at Oklahoma State. Uh, Baylor's ranked 18th. The final score 75-70. Texas loses at home to Texas Tech. Red Raiders improved to 12-2. I would imagine they'll be ranked next week. 78-67, the final score. Texas number 20. They come to Fifth Third Arena on um, Tuesday, I believe. It's Tuesday. And uh, they will probably not be ranked in that game after losing at home. And then UCF in their Big 12 debut. Hey, Knights, you suck. You lose 77-52 at the hands of the Kansas State Wildcats. So next up for the Bearcats is the Texas Longhorns. Should be a good game. It's at Fifth Third Arena. Here's a little information on that game. Since he holds a 1-0 series edge over the Longhorns, the only time these two teams ever played was in the first round of the NCAA tournament back in 2012. The Bearcats ended up making the Sweet 16 that year before losing to Ohio State. But in that game, Cincinnati raced out to a massive lead against Texas, 16-2 early. They held the Longhorns to just two points the first 13 minutes, but 
like we typically saw in the Mick Cronin era, it always got dicey late. Texas tied it up, but down the stretch, too much Yancey Gates, who led the way with 15 for Cincinnati. Jaquan Parker at 13, Deion Dixon at 12, Kashmir Wright at 11, and Sean Kilpatrick at 8 as the Bearcats advance to play Florida State. 65-59, the final score. Only time these two teams have ever played. All right, so Texas is up next at Fifth Third Arena. I don't see why we don't win this game. And I was kind of confused because all these Bearcats fans, and I fall into the uh, the trap a little bit, were very reactionary. I say this all the time to my buddies. I yell because I care. I think this game, it was BYU was an 85% chance of winning per the computers. That was a 10-point favorite. Plus 400 were the Bearcats. I mean, this is a huge upset, at least on paper, but I think we all have at least seen enough talent coming together at times, like in the Georgia Tech game and spurts of the Xavier game, and then at least that you know 10-2 opening run against Dayton to where we believe this team can be good. If they get all the lineups down and truly find out what their identity is, I think we believe this team can be good. They were favorites against Texas. They were favorites against Oklahoma, were favorites against TCU per the computers. The computers think this team's good. They think this team's going to protect home floor. If that's the case, they're heading to the NCAA tournament because in the non-conference, it's pretty much a wash. They won every game they were supposed to win. They lost two quad one games to Xavier and Dayton. That doesn't hurt you whatsoever. And you just picked up a road win against the Ken Palm, number two ranked team in the country. That's huge. That's huge moving forward. This team just has to take care of business. Uh, win the majority of the games on their home floor to get to that 8-9 mark of Big 12 wins that's going to get you into the NCAA tournament. And if they can do that, wonderful. And if they're a lot better than that, we may find out against Texas truly how good this team can be. Warm up your hands, folks, because we are excited. Um, I would imagine the Bearcats will be favorites. Jizzle James, he starts it off. Needs the ball in his hands. Needs to play more than 30 minutes per game. I know Wes loves this little platoon he's going where he's got 10 guys playing more than 5-10 minutes per game and feels like the legs are fresh at all point. No. Day-Day Thomas should be playing 8-12 to 12 minutes per game. The rest should be soaked up by Jizzle James. It's that simple. If you can't see it, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. But I was clamoring for it on Twitter. I was clamoring for it. And as soon as they bring in Jizzle, game, Jizzle James, it's a brand new ball game because of his moxie and his poise and his... I mean, he's developed beyond his years. And Wes said at the beginning of the year that he wasn't that impressed with Jizzle. And someone said, well, what do you mean you weren't impressed? He just put up, you know, 15 points against Xavier. And what Wes responded was, I see this all the time in practice. You know, this is who he is. He hasn't scratched the surface yet. This is who he is. He's a damn good basketball player and the son of a Hall of Fame running back. Looks like a running back out there with the bicep bands. Give him more minutes. I think Josh Reed has earned some minutes. Beginning of the year, I didn't know what he did well. I think I know what he does well now. He's a good defender. He's a good defender, and he doesn't make dumb plays. He reminds me a ton of a guy that was on some teams that won some games, and that was Jermaine Sanders. Didn't do a ton, but he'd knock down the open three. He'd bring you energy at all times. He'd defend hard. That's who he reminds me of. Uh, Jameel Reynolds, we still have to figure out. Aziz Bandago, if he gets the right matchups. Um, I mean, he corrals every he, He's the best rebounder I've seen in a Bearcats uniform in, in forever. You know, he corrals everything that's within his sight. 
the David Narsics of the world, the Biggie McLeans, the guys that couldn't squeeze the ball, that would frustrate me a ton. If it's going in Aziz's hand, you know he's going to be strong with it. I like that. CMOS, solid. Let's not even forget the Bearcats won this game without C.J. Frederick. We won the game without C.J. So how about that? I'm not afraid of Texas. I'm not afraid of you anymore. You remember the Kevin McAllister clip of him coming out after the Wet Bandits stopped by for the fourth time? I'm not afraid of you anymore. I'm not afraid of the Big 12 anymore. All it takes is, God bless, I'm wishy-washy, but all it takes is one win, one win on the road in Provo, and just like that, a team that we said, oh, this could be disgusting. Every single you know comment on Instagram was, well, this team's going to falter in the Big 12. This is going to get ugly. Not ugly so far. The only thing that was ugly was the faces on those BYU players as they were crying tears in their debut game as Cincinnati came in. Kick their asses. Chatterbox Bearcats, everyone. This feels good. Wesco, folks. 